The birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, you might want to underline that, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. This means that Mary and Joseph had an arranged marriage. Every creature is unique in the song that it sings, all exclaiming, indescribable, uncontainable. You place the stars in the sky and you know them by name. You are amazing, God. All powerful, untamable, awestruck with. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. The Gospel of Matthew doesn't really tell us about the birth of Jesus. The Gospel of Luke does that, and Pastor Rob will include Luke's account in today's lesson. Matthew instead tells us where Jesus came from. And it tells the story through the eyes of Joseph. Matthew plainly, without greater detail found in the Gospel of Luke, presents the virginal conception and subsequent birth of Jesus. However, the virgin birth was difficult for people to believe back then, and even today, some doubt the accounts of the virgin birth. Now let's join Pastor Rob with his lesson for today. All right, good morning. If we could open our Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1. Last week we looked at the first 17 verses. And it's interesting how sometimes when we look at a genealogy, we often think, okay, there's a bunch of names here we can't pronounce. But as we went through it, we noticed that there were five different ladies in the, in the line of Jesus that were uh, normally women aren't in the genealogies, the Jewish genealogies, but the Holy Spirit saw fit to add these women in, and many of them are listed in the Hebrews chapter 11 in the hall of faith that we call it. And so these are faithful women, and and they didn't start off faithful women. In fact, some of them, a few of them, had uh, some pretty interesting backgrounds. But we see that God, even in spite of that, he... He, he loves people, and he's not ashamed, remember last week, to call us brethren. He's not ashamed to be among us and to love us, to call us his own. And so we looked at that, and, and just what a marvel it is to see the truth that Jesus Christ is the long-awaited Messiah. He is the, the king of the Jews. He is the rightful heir to the throne of his father, David, meaning his father going way back in time. He's also the heir to that throne. And that's really the crux behind this gospel of Matthew. And so as we go through it, we will see that Matthew is going to be driving that point home, that he is the Messiah, that he is the rightful heir to the throne. It's very Jewish in its nature, in its content, and we will see that as we go along. Now, I want to tell you that we're going to be starting in verse 18. Um, We may only do verse 18 today, and I'll explain why, because today's message is going to be a little different. 
It's going to be a little different. And so I just want you to understand that up front. It's not going to be a normal Sunday morning message. As we talk about the birth of Jesus, it also brings to light things that are currently happening in our world. And one of my, I believe, my responsibilities as a pastor is to bring these things to light. And uh, as we look at the, the, the Bible, the Word of God historically, we look at it for the, what we can get out of it, the application of these things. Some things have happened in our country this week that I cannot avoid. I, I, I chose not to avoid. And so we're going to be looking at those things as well. In fact, that's going to be a, a good portion of this morning. But I promise you, next Sunday morning, we will be finishing probably this chapter, and we won't touch on it for a while, okay? But I feel compelled to do that, so I would ask for your grace and for your um, patience with me today. But let's first, let's, as we look at this verse, as we look at 18 through 25, Chronologically, there's some things that happen prior to this section in Scripture that I'd like to go through, and specifically Luke chapter 1, verses 25 through 56. So if you would, uh, turn to Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 26, and by reading the passage in Luke, it will give us not only an understanding of the flow of events and the context of Jesus' birth, but it will also support the theme of Matthew's gospel. I think you'll see that very clearly, that Jesus is the king of the Jews, the rightful heir to the throne. So let's look at that, and we're not going to look at all 56 verses. We're going to look at the first uh, from 26 through 45, and then finally the last verse of that. But notice what it says, because as we read this, remember, we're going chronologically. And I think at least for the birth of Christ, I'd like to show where all these things fit into the picture. Because as we approach Christmas, as we approach Jesus' birth, there's a lot of misunderstandings about the, the order of things. And I think that's important to understand. And so let's just read it. So notice in verse 26 of Luke chapter 1, it says, Now in the sixth month... The angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. A very familiar passage to us all. We hear it every Christmas. And I never grow tired of hearing this, to be honest with you. But notice the sixth month. And that sixth month is referring in context to how many months since Elizabeth had conceived. If you look prior to that, you notice that she hid herself for five months because she was an old woman. She and Zechariah were in their, old, in their golden years, and now she's pregnant? Mystery of mysteries. And so she hides herself for five months, because she's, she can't believe it, she's totally blown away. And now the sixth month is referring uh, to her sixth month, her, or after her um, second trimester. And notice, it says, um, you know, by the time that the angel Gabriel visited Mary, uh, what we're going to be seeing here, Elizabeth had already been, had, had already fulfilled her second trimester. And, and incidentally, any time... We see the angel Gabriel in Scripture. He is always fulfilling some kind of messianic purpose. We see him in Daniel in chapter uh, 8, in verse 15 and 16, uh, delivering a very messianic um, 
uh, prophecy. And so now we see him also in the New Testament delivering not only to uh, Elizabeth, but to Mary as well, the, the birth of this forerunner, which we'll look at later, uh, John the Baptist, and then finally Jesus himself. And so notice in verse 28, it says, And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Can you imagine ladies being visited by an angel of God in your room and showing up with all of his glory and the brightness fills the room and you're sitting there on your bed and you're cowering wondering what, what is this all about? And he says, blessed are you among women. And she was about to receive a message that every Hebrew girl had longed to hear. To be the, the mother of the Messiah. To be the mother of the Messiah was was the greatest joy any Hebrew woman could have, or possibly have. So, having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, notice, she was troubled at, it, at this saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. And then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great. He will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him, notice, underline this, the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. Now you know why we're here? (laughs) Well, we're backtracking into Luke now, because this just gives more support to what even Matthew's gospel is trying to get across. And notice verse 33, and he will reign over the house of Jacob, notice, forever. Not just a period of time, but forever. In his kingdom, there will be no end. And this is significant because it points to the message and the importance of the Davidic covenant in 2 Samuel chapter 7. You might want to write in the margin of your Bible, 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 12 through 16. If you've been following with us on Thursday nights, we, I, I frequently uh, bring this passage to mind because of its significance. And here it is. Notice, when the days are your, and I'll just read it to you, when your days are fulfilled, and God is speaking to David here, because it's a covenant that God's making with David. When your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you, who will come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. Now, who in context are we talking about there? Well, yeah, ultimately Jesus, but even more specifically Solomon, but ultimately Jesus as well, yes. But notice, he shall build a house from my name, and certainly Solomon did, and so will Jesus, by the way. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Now, Solomon only had it for 40 years, so now we're speaking of somebody different other than Solomon. So it did include Solomon to a point. But notice, and I will be his father, he shall be my son, God tells David. And if he commits iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the blows of the sons of men. But my mercy shall not depart from him, as I took it from Saul, whom I removed from before you. And your house, notice, and your kingdom shall be established for every before you, ever before you. Your throne shall be established forever. He repeats it like three times. So he makes it very clear that there's one even coming after you of your seed, David, that's going to, he's going to establish and that throne is going to be his forever. And that's certainly speaking of Jesus now, because mortal men can only live so long. But Jesus' kingdom, he's going to live forever, and we will as well with him. But it's speaking of him. And it also reminds us of Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, doesn't it? 
For unto us a child is born, unto us. You didn't know it was Christmas, did you? Uh, Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. Notice, and his name shall be called this child that will be born. Remember that, the child that will be born, the government will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Okay, now we've got a problem, right? This son, this baby, whoever's going to be born, is going to be Almighty God? Yes. Everlasting Father? Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, notice to order and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. Do you see how those prophecies, those, you know, Isaiah 700 years before Christ, David 100, or excuse me, 1,000 years before Christ, proclaiming these truths about who Jesus would be. Now, going back now in Luke chapter 1, picking up in verse 34, then it says, Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? I've never had time with a man, so how can this be that I'm going to conceive? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One, who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, he tells her, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing is impossible. So we know that Elizabeth was a Levite. It tells us that in verse 5 of this chapter. But she was also a relative of Mary, which means that somewhere on Mary's side, Mary's mother's side, was uh, she was related to this uh, Elizabeth. But in verse 38, it says, Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be according to me, according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened that when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, that the babe... In her womb leapt. And who is that babe that was in Elizabeth's womb? Yes. His first name was John and his last name was Baptist. No, just kidding. His title was given to him because of what he did. We don't know his last name. The Bible doesn't tell us. It could have been Smith. I don't know. John Smith. No, it wouldn't have been Smith because that's a very English name or Welsh name. But anyway... So John the Baptist, because he was the baptizer, and the babe leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled, notice, with the Holy Spirit, and then she spoke out with a loud voice. She said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, but why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? All of this business that you hear these ladies talking about, the Spirit of God is all over both of them. Elizabeth knows that this babe that's in her womb is not the Son of God, but Mary knows that there's something happening in her right now as they speak. And Elizabeth knew that that would be the Messiah. The Lord had already revealed it to her. The Lord had already revealed it to Mary. It was a done deal. And both of the ladies are rejoicing. Can you imagine that? I can't imagine how joyful that room must have been. For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe left in my room for joy. 
And, uh, and then notice in verse 56, and Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her house. And she remained with her. Remember, when she first visited her, she had already finished six months or her second trimester. And so Mary would naturally stay with her relative until John was delivered at the end of that three months. No doubt she stayed there and witnessed the birth of John the Baptist, probably even helped her in the birth Now let's go to verse 18, now back in Matthew, because this is what happens next. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. Now again, I'm warning you, shortly we're going to take a turn in this study, in our our time in the Word here, and for reasons that I'll explain. The birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, you might want to underline that, She was found with child of the Holy Spirit. This means that Mary and Joseph had an arranged marriage. And once they were engaged, there was a wedding contract between the two fathers of Mary and Joseph that had been agreed upon, and they were legally married, but they weren't able to consummate that marriage until at least a year had transpired. They called that the betrothal period. It was a one-year betrothal period where they were legally married, but they weren't to consummate the marriage. I wonder how that would fly today. (laughs) Hey, you're married, but you can't kiss the bride. Right? (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) you got to wait. And notice, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Notice, before they came together. Meaning, of course, before their marriage was consummated physically, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Now, you and I have the unfair advantage of hearing this passage often, at least once a year. And we we become so familiar with it that I think, and I know this is true for myself, I can fail to remember or to recognize how significant this really was. Because this has never happened before, and it will never happen again. Do you follow? No one has been impregnated by the Holy Spirit ever, except for Mary, and it will never happen again. Do you follow? But you and I have become so comfortable with this. Now put yourself in Mary and Joseph's shoes. Because it's never happened before, and there's going to be a lot of suspicion surrounding both of them, and and it's going to be hard for both of them because they've never experienced anything like this. Thank God that the angel Gabriel came and spoke to Mary, and then is going to be speaking to Joseph in a dream. These things are important because their faith needed some underpinnings because they were going to be ridiculed. They were going to be looked on with suspicion. You know that every Jewish lady is going... Right. The Holy Spirit. <laughs> dip, 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 dip. You know, they, they, they'd be like, you know, gossiping about her. <laughs> she says she's, the Holy Spirit did it. Yeah, right. And you know that that happened. And she was castigated. She was looked down upon. Joseph was like, oh, really? You guys never, uh, you know? And he's like, no, I, I never touched her. <laughs> okay. And so, the suspicion continued all throughout their lives. But the same Holy, Holy, Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit, excuse me, 
who planted the seed in Mary, was the same Holy Spirit who spoke through King David, Mary's descendant, and also Joseph's descendant. What did the, what did the psalmist say? For you formed my inward parts, and you covered me in my mother's womb, and I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame, or my bones, was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. And your eyes, Lord, you saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were all written. The days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. Interesting, isn't it? It kind of gives new understanding of what happens in the womb, the mystery of conception. The mystery of conception. And notice the same spirit who spoke through King David also spoke a couple hundred years afterwards to Jeremiah who said this. The Lord came to Jeremiah saying, before I formed you in the womb. Notice, before I formed you in the womb. I would like to ask some people about that. When does conception begin? When does it begin? <laughs> well, technically, physically, at the moment of conception, when the sperm and the egg meet together and they, and, and, and they combine and they're, they're, there's conception, certainly I can, I can take that. But I'd like to take it back even farther than that because God says that before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. That means he already knew what you were going to be. That, that's a mind blower, isn't it? That he knew you, he knew what you would do, he knew your, out, your, your whole making, what you would be. He knew that you would be here today. He knew that you would receive him. What a joy that is. Isn't it a joy? I want to see big smiles. Big smiles. Okay. Because shortly it's going to take a turn and you may not be smiling. But I'm going to tell you the truth. So God not only knew that Jeremiah, uh, before he was known, but he also knew us. And I just want to share something that while we're here in this scripture, I'd like to address the elephant in the room if you would allow me to. And that is, um, and it's really not convenient either because this is, after all, Mother's Day. I understand that. I really do. But as we look at the birth of Jesus and we look at the faithfulness of Mary and Joseph in the midst of, notice, very difficult messages for them both to understand and then to have the resultant social scandal on their hands and the fact that they were both poor brings into sharp relief things that are happening today. Things that are happening today. So what has happened? And what has happened in our country this last Monday, May 2nd, is monumental, especially if it is true. And I hope it is. A 98-page Supreme Court majority opinion draft written by Justice Samuel Alito, as you know, was leaked to the mainstream media, to Politico specifically. The memo was drafted back in February of 2020 and hadn't been released yet because uh, perhaps for further need of deliberation, perhaps there were some other court cases that needed to happen before they would finally release this, um, this uh, majority opinion on Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey in 1992. They believed that it should be overturned. They believe that it should be overturned. But instead of allowing the Supreme Court to release this information at a time of their choosing, 
a misguided clerk released this information to the press, subverting the court's process, and in the process undermining the privacy and trust in the Supreme Court. And this egregious act, as we all know, is uh, whether it's an individual or individuals, is significant. It's very significant. They need to be held responsible for what they did. In fact, uh, Justice John Roberts issued a press release the very following day concerning this leak, and he said this. He said, to the extent this betrayal of the confidence of the court was intended to... That's the end of our lesson for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the Gospel of Matthew. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office you can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.